Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK show. It's week nine, and we're not playing. So you might wonder, what are we doing here? What are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? We can't bash Jimmy. We can't talk Kyle because there's nothing to talk about. Well, you're wrong. We're going to do a mini state of the franchise, as we call it, at the halfway point. Uh, luckily, this year, Abai is right in the middle. So it's a good point to talk about the team, the offense, the defense. And uh, we really needed that buy because we are, uh, we're all dropping like flies. Uh, Lee's on IR. Uh, Gareth is uh, thinking about his contract negotiation and he's, uh, he's ghosted us. He's gone to uh, live the high life in Beverly Hills. So um, it's just it's just me and Paul. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi, Nancy. Yeah, the dynamic duo instead of the yeah. awesome foursome. So... Yeah, well, hopefully we'll, we'll get them back after the buy. Let's see if we can uh, work something out with Gareth and uh, sign him and... Uh, an extension <laughs> and uh, uh hopefully Lee, you feel better soon uh, it's the dreaded uh c19 unfortunately that's hit you but hopefully it doesn't hit you like fred did on the uh, superman tackle what a play oh what a play uh, amazing right so let's get into it and uh should we start offense or defense what do you think oh i think we should go for defense not okay. rather than offense and you look at the stats i think people will understand why we've gone defense first yeah, that's yeah, it's a good point. Let's start. Let's start defense. So, how the halfway point? Tell me what you think. Tell me, are we good? Are we good enough? Can we get better? Uh, share some stats. See where we are. See where we can improve, maybe, and we can talk about that later. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's go for it. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, like you said there, Angie, blink of an eye with the halfway stage, which for all UK NFL fans, it's kind of a, a bittersweet moment, isn't it? We, we, yeah. we spend so long looking forward. You mentioned it on the last show when we talked about the issues with Sky, and we yeah. don't get that many games, but we're 4-4, four and four, we're 3-0 and oh in the division. So generally, I think defence is what we've basically made our bread and butter on, for want of a better word. You look at the stats, we're first overall in total defence, 285.9 yards per game. That's the first ranked. Our passing defence, we're coming in seventh. Rushing defence, we're first. Points allowed, fifth. Third down conversion rate, which is where we may want to spend some time, we're actually 21st in the league. And if anybody who listens to these shows, Nadji, know we've banged on about third downs on both yeah, sides of the ball. Very important, yeah. And red zone efficiency. Again, 25th. Now, I would be interested, Nadji, to know how bad the Chiefs game affected a couple of these stats. Because yeah. let's face it, you know, we shipped a lot of points and a lot of third down conversions in that game. We did, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, it's it's very it's a very good start, obviously. I think that is definitely our drive, isn't it? This is where we go that this is what pushes us forward, is our defense and the way we can not just stop people, but this year we've been managing to turn the ball over and make a big impact, you know, with a finger blossoming into this absolute monster of a ball hawk. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it kind of makes sense. It's an evolution of where we are. And despite losing, you know, Kim Law and Armstead and Iman um, and also all sorts of little niggly injuries throughout throughout the, the few last games, the fact that we've managed to stay first overall in terms of yards per game is pretty impressive. Now, you also think, you know, we played the Seahawks, we played the Bears, we played the Broncos, which are, and the Rams twice, which are probably in the lower tier of uh, offenses. So was it easier for us to to play defense against them? Maybe. Um, and I think it showed against the the Chiefs, as you said. Um, I'm a little concerned uh, because because of what I just said. I think if we, you know, especially when it comes to January, it, you're going to play a good offense. Um, are we going to be able to step up and and replicate these kind of numbers? I, I hope so. I think we definitely have the potential for it, especially with Armstead coming back and hopefully Kinlaw coming back, which I think a massive, massive loss that we had and probably contributed in, a, in at least one loss. I think the, the Falcons won. But yeah, uh, hopefully we can just keep on going and, and get better. We have, you know, Jimmy Ward's back. It's more depth at, you know, safety. I know he's playing nickel right now, but it's more depth. Uh, hopefully JV is going to come back and 
put put a, a season like 2019, and then you know we'll be good. I mean, seventh passing is is pretty decent, but we have played a lot of uh, running team. You know, the Falcons, the Bears, uh, is, again those teams. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know if you agree with what I'm saying. I, I'll take it with a pinch of salt. I think we are good, but um, when we've been tested, we weren't. So I'm I'm a little worried on that front. Um, what do you think of that? I mean, like you said, Nachi, I always tend to agree with you. I don't know if you caught Let's Talk Sports earlier with, with Paul Scrimshaw, and I said you've been massive in improving my knowledge of the game. You could look at it a different way, buddy. The Bears, the Seahawks, the Broncos, they're run-heavy defense, uh, offenses, and we've performed quite well against them. And our unit has looked quite dominant despite missing pieces. And I know you've said many a time, the NFL, every team's got injured players. You, I think you said it at the start of the season. There's not a team in the NFL that isn't carrying a player with a knock. You don't play fully healthy. And um, I think legitimately, we have got better in some of the areas we were concerned about. The Chiefs game, I think it showed Mooney Ward wasn't fully fit. And I'm yeah, not going to sit true. here and make excuses, Nanji, but he wasn't fully fit. You could argue the way the Chiefs played, the targeted that. And again, the NFL is a brutal league. If you show weakness, teams yeah. going to attack that. Absolutely. I do, I do think that sitting here with our red and gold tinted glasses, as Gareth would say, <laughs> we may be a little bit biased, but I think we're quite fair on this show, Nanji. I yeah, think yeah. we don't just sit here and say, oh, we're going to be, well, apart from Lee with his 18 and all, 17 and all <laughs> at the start of the seasons. I am a little bit concerned with Armstead. Um, the injury, again, you speak from personal experience, you know, I'm recovering from a ruptured Achilles and, and I'm still struggling. I've had a bit of a setback yeah. recently. And, yeah. you know, Armstead, if he's got that plantar fasciitis, it's, it's not a nice injury. And especially no. for his frame, for his performance, his Absolutely. feet. You <laughs> yeah. know yourself playing the game if you've got issues with your feet and your hands. No, that's so, it. That's and I've it. seen something about Kinlaw. Apparently, to help his knee issue, ideally, he need to lose £100. Kinlaw loses £100. He's, he's not the same he's player He's not a D-tackle anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, yeah, you're right. If he loses £100, not a D-tackle anymore. <laughs> Maybe you're playing linebacker. But, you know, I like I like poking holes. I like looking at the little nitty-gritty down to the thing and, you know, being devil's advocate and looking for ways to improve. I, I, our, t- our defense is still the motor of our team. The way we get to the Super Bowl and win it, it's going to have to go through them one way or another, I think. You, you know, the, the biggest name, um, although we can debate that now on offense, but the biggest name, you know, Warner, Ufanga, Bossa, Armstead, Ward as a captain, um, you know, and other one, Mooney Ward. Um, these are the guys that we're going to have to rely on. Um, do you think the team can get better and actually compete with the likes of the Chiefs' offense and potentially the Chargers if they have a good a good day, although they've been really, really struggling. Uh, you know, looking ahead of the schedule, the Cardinals are getting things together as well, so I'm a little bit worried about that. All these kind of games where we have to really have, you know, top one defense for real, and all like they showed against the, the, the Chiefs. Do you think do you think the McOrions can get there? Well, for Ryan's to demonstrate that Nagy reinforces he's going to be the next head coach. And we said that after the Chiefs game, we said we wanted to see a bounce back from this defence. Could Ryan's make those adjustments? And we were sat at half-time against the Rams, 14-10 down. And boy, oh boy, did Ryan's make those adjustments. And if you think back to this time last year, Nagy, you've always been quite high on Hufanga. I know you watch a lot of college football. I don't. A lot of people, Nagy, were shocked when we let Tart go and we were mm. going into the season with Hufanga. And you have been consistent. You saw that ball, hawk, skill Hufanga had, those big splashes, those plays. The NFL, there's fine margins. You look at the Rams game, yes, CMC had a fumble, Ray Ray McLeod caught it. Yeah. Ramsey had a couple that he should have had back, but Tart mm. had that drop. And You could go through any game in the NFL, mate. You could pull it apart and you could look at all these things. But for me, we're heading in the right direction. That tackle from Fred Warner is, I told you on the pod, I had that photo prime to drop. And then Brad Graham dropped an angle of the video. And and you're probably like me, you've probably watched it. Oh, I watched it for about an hour straight uh, in loop. Uh, What a player. It's amazing. Yeah, no, I, yeah. 
I think we are heading in a dry direction. I think if we want to go to 2019, because that's the measuring stick, really, the front the front seven, I have no doubt if we can get at least Armstead back, because I think he's the, he's the key uh, to get back there. But I think Boss is better than he was in 2019. I think Ibukam is definitely an upgrade on Ford at the time, which really wasn't playing. We didn't really have another pass rusher. And I think Drake Jackson has been showing flashes whenever we needed him. So I think the front seven is at the very least, at least as good as we, as we were with Buckner and Armstead. But the back end is so much better. So much better. And yeah, we lost E-Man. And that's a big, it's a big, big loss because Lenore had to swap and Ward is playing Nico. But I think with JV coming back, we could really get back to that level. And Lenore isn't quite what K1 Williams was. Uh, I mean, obviously, experience here is a major factor. But I think having Money Ward basically stacking up almost as good as what Richard Sherman played that year and totally different way of playing the game as well. But having Ufanga and Gibson, because Gibson, we haven't talked much, but he's been playing absolutely lights out. And and is the reason why I think we're probably not going to resign Ward if we can sign Gibson to a, a, a cheaper contract. Purely, purely a money. It'll be a prayer money thing, and Ward can go and play in Miami um, <laughs> next year because I'm sure uh, we'll send more players over there very soon. Um, I think the defense has the potential of being at least as good, maybe even better, because of the shutdown nature of Mooney Ward and the playmaking ability of Fanga and Bosa being more refined. Um, but the key, as I said, I think we really need to to get Armstead back. Um, to the level that he needs to be because he's such a contributor. And I've said it, you know, when we traded for Buckner, it was the, the talk for a while where uh, but Armstead doesn't get sacked. Buckner used to get this many sacks, whatever. But I think Armstead is so much more of a motor, springing people around him, making everybody around him so much better. I think if we can get him, at least him back uh, to a level where he can be at least 100%, it'll make Hyder and Ridgeway and Givens and Spence better and we can get this... You know, this guy getting a sack or two every game like we did last year. And, you know, like DJ Jones and all of these names that you just don't expect to to have sacks. Um, hopefully, hopefully we can do that. I'm very surprised we didn't go uh, to trade for a, a tackle or, as Lee said, kick the tire on and come to. But that kind of shows me that they believe uh, Homestead will be back fully soon, so hopefully we uh, hopefully we can go there. Um, give me a ball prediction for the defensive player of the year on the Niners side. Uh, if you can if you can make a pick right now, I'm putting it on the spot. You are putting me on the spot. To be yeah. fair, you know, surprise. I was high on Nick Bosa at the start yeah. of the season, and I'm I'm going to cheat a little bit, and you'll chuckle where I'm going with this. So I do think Nick Bosa, like you said, he's better than he was in 2019. Yeah, he's fifth in total pressures. He's tied for second in the league in sacks. Yeah. And um, he's ninth in run stops among all edge rushers. And believe it or not, he's probably first in penalties against. And they're only <laughs> yeah. the ones that get called against him. Yeah. But for me, the team MVP at the moment is Fred Warner, all pro Fred, okay. who you wax lyrical about. He hasn't missed a game. Yeah. We said it in the last show. Magic, he's the quarterback of the defense. There's a lot put on his plate by D'Amico. Yeah. So sometimes he could be the one responsible for Cooper Cup. The next time he could be responsible for Blitzen. And yeah. I like the way Ryan's is moving his two best players in my eyes around and the way they're making each other better. And I do like the communication that we've got on our defense. If you go back and you watch the All-22 and if you go and watch the tape like we do, and you yeah. see little things and you, and you just it's see... Good. The way our defence is popping out, what you said there, Gibson has been quite an underrated pickup. Um, yep. But so for me to answer your question with a straight answer, I'm going to say Nick Borsa. But if Nick it's Bosa. not Nick Borsa, it's going to be Fred Warner. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm um, I'm oscillating between Fred and and Huff. I think if Huff can get another couple of crazy plays like he did at the beginning of the season, a couple more picks, a pick six, and keep on racking sacks because he is racking sacks as well. It's going to be hard not to give it to him as a difference maker. But I, I think Fred, the expectation is so high with him. Um, you know, we call him all pro, even though he was all pro in 2019. So quite a long time ago. Um, I think the expectation and what he has to do 
I think if you, if we plucked him out of the, of the team, I'm almost confident the team would kind of fall apart, and we would definitely look completely different. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I I think Fred is definitely the is a captain is our captain and a play caller for a reason, um, and he's, he's getting better. He's getting better. That, that game against the Rams was pretty impressive on his part. Uh, he has to account for Greenlaw not being there, and he, he always kind of rises up. He just he's, yeah, he's amazing. He's such a just such a dude. But if I have to make a prediction, I'll say I'll, I'll say Huff because I want him to be that difference maker that you know gets that pick or that play that will clinch us a playoff spot or clinches the game or etc etc so i'll call for half uh should we talk offense now i was just going to say before you move on to offense um, Go Nicholas for McGee, who was at the watch party in leeds yeah he's a contributor for the gridiron magazine who've been a big supporter of ours and and nick has done an awesome article on your boy huff so it's oh, in the latest yeah, yeah. issue so I, I picked it up purely for that article and I haven't yeah. been disappointed. And I'm smiling because you have been high on Hufanga. And some of the things that you pointed out, I do see when I'm watching the game today. Yeah. Just wanted to say Fred Fred Warner. He's shown up on the stat sheet as well, Najee, before yeah. we move offence. He's second among all linebackers in pass breakups. And he isn't just that enforcer. He's, he's everywhere. And like you said, yeah. to, to finish off with that play against the Rams before we move on <laughs> yeah. offence. I mean... And I know you and Lee were a little bit like, where's he going with this on the <laughs> pod? And then I sent you the picture and you were like, that's just... It's amazing. I mean, I've, I've, I've shared this with everyone I know, even people who don't watch football. <laughs> it's incre- It's just incredible play. Um, it's my favorite player of the year so far, and, and I know I know there's a pick six against the Rams by half, which is pretty good too. But it, yeah, it's just so much fun. It, it's just the embodiment of what our defense is, really. Um, yeah, such so yeah. I'm looking forward to eight more games of watching him, and, and hopefully four more after that. I like it. I like it. Right, let's talk offense. We'll try and try and promise not to, you know, get down to the levels bashing Jimmy again. This is this is his off week. Let's leave him alone. We'll just analyze how he's been playing. Uh, you know, he's a backup, as you as you keep pointing out, and you're totally right. Our backup QB. Um, what do you make of our offense so far this season? Um, where do you see us going? So, please don't switch off, Mr. Watson. We promise <laughs> we're going to look at this objectively. But, I mean, you look at our offense, you can't not talk about the QB. And like we've said, it maybe pointing out that Jimmy was the starter last year, but he is the backup QB, and that showed yep. in the game against the Broncos, which for me yep. is the biggest disappointment of the season so far. Overall, we're 11th overall in offence in the league, a total of 356.6 yards per game. We're 12th in the passing ranks, 237.1, and net yards per attempt, we're 5th overall. That's that's really... I'm going to stop you there, because that's really, really surprising. Um Average, you know, average yard per attempt is seven. Is not what we, what I would have projected us to have. I wonder if us being behind in against the Falcons and the Chiefs has made something about that that we had to throw the ball downfield. But yeah, interest, well, interesting, interesting stat. If you go and look at the Rams game, we actually threw the first Rams game. We actually threw the ball more. So I think it's a mixture, yeah. Najee, of maybe yeah. Shanahan realizing that defenses are set up to stop the run. And yep. he's had to open up the playbook a little bit. Um, yep. I'm glad. You I mean, there is also some some of that is a yak against you know the, that game where he just threw behind the line of scrimmage. It, it, it unfortunately goes into the net yards per attempt, but it, it's interesting that we're so high at fifth. Well, the next one you'll be disappointed, and I think this is an element of we've only had CMC for a game and a half, so we're actually sixteenth <laughs> in the rushing yards, yeah. so 119. Point five, we we average about four point five yards per carry, which is seventeenth overall. Yeah, I was surprised. Third down conversion, Nadji, we're actually seventh at forty four point three percent, and red yeah. zone efficiency we dropped to fourteenth. And I think I'm kind of disappointed, but equally with the sprinkle of CMC in there, I'm kind of excited yeah. at the same time. And going in the right direction, aren't we? That's that's the main thing. And, and again, if if we look at at the, at the body of work that we have so far. Let's not forget we lost week one, Elijah Mitchell. Week two, our starting quarterback, Trey Lance. Debo's injured the last game. Juice is injured the last game. Kittle wasn't super fit to start the season. Trent Williams, obviously, we lost for, for three or four games. I think it, when it comes to Kyle's offense, it's so very peculiar and so very difficult to grasp 
and it's pick it's picked all these player for a very specific purpose. Every time you take one out, it kind of changes exactly how he has to approach the game, what he can call and how he can call it. And I think I mean the Bears game was kind of out of this world monsoon. It was week one. It was Trey Lance's starting game. It's really hard to analyze because obviously we haven't seen more of Trey Lance and whether that performance what what he would have given us last week, for example. Um, so it's really hard to judge that. And then week two, obviously, Jimmy had to step in. And then and then it was Jimmy again, having not been there for the whole training camp and his shoulder been, you know, surgically repaired. It's I, I think it's really hard to actually get an actual decision on what our offense is, um, especially when you look at, say we look at the last two weeks, right? The way we looked against the Rams was so perfect and it could have been one of those games where everything goes right for us and I think Lady Luck was on our side, you know, the Rare McLeod fumble, the kit, the one Kittle recovered, the drop by Tyler Higby, all that kind of stuff. I think it was that kind of a game where just everything fell right into place and then the game before that against the Chiefs was kind of completely on its head. And the Falcons as well. I think, yeah, what I'm coming at is it's really hard to decide where our offense is. And on paper, and as you can see on the stats, we're looking really good. But we're also 4-4, four and four, and we couldn't score more than 17 points until last week. So I don't know. I don't know where we are. But but I think CMC is the key. Um, and, and I'm so excited to see now he's going to have almost a month full of practices and reading a playbook and talking about Kyle about oh, what do you want me to do when that happens what what do we do this oh, okay we do this because of that and then later on during the game we're gonna do we're gonna hit you with that and then you know Kittle pass uh from Jimmy G the touchdown against the Rams was very much a, a play design of this where CMC is on the flat but it just draws people and then and then you just hit it was wide open for so long you just hit kill on play, and the dwelly was the dwelly play was exactly the same. I think we're definitely heading in the right direction, and I really can't say whether we've had a bad first half offensively or a decent one, considering all those factors that I just talked about. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you agree with me. I just I I, will, I, I know Jimmy's got more of those games in him. And I know it'll happen. Um, I know for a fact he's going to lose us a game or two. Hopefully the defense can step up on that day and flip it on its head. Um, I'm thinking the Steelers game in 2019 where Jimmy was atrocious and managed to win somehow. I think that's what it's going to take. Um, and that's, that's the Jimmy experience if you want to talk about him. Uh, um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. And I think, I think CMC is going to help. Definitely. And again, um, I was saying disappointment and I'm smirking. I'm probably one of the most positive 49 fans around. <laughs> yeah. And the O line, we came into the season with pretty much a new offensive line. You know, we had a rookie. Um, at centre. I know Brendan mm-hmm. wasn't a rookie in the league, but it's his first year starting. We had yeah. question marks over McGlinchey. Like you said, Trent yeah. Williams has gone out. And then yeah. your starting quarterback goes out injured. You're bringing the backup back in, so all the game plan needs to be changed. And we talked about it on the last show, Nadji, that what CMC brought in. So even for his throwing touchdown to Ayuk, you look at the tape and the defence were given that much respect to CMC that they... Yeah bit on him running so that mm-hmm. gave him the freedom to put the pass and I think when we say we're disappointed we've sat here with probably one of the best defences in the league and at best you could argue we've probably got a middle of the pack offence you know yeah. at, at a stretch I could be sat here and as you say we're 10th overall in the league yeah. and because we love the NFL and it's a pass happy league of course you know your boy Justin Herbert you know Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes you yeah. look at those quarterbacks and you look at those offences and you think what would Kyle Shanahan give to have one of them? And I one think that's them, why. Yeah. We, but equally, on the and flip on, side... On that subject, sorry to interrupt yeah, you, but sorry. on that subject, I think, you know, for years since we've had Kyle, we've always said we don't need to draft a, a running back because we'll find somebody that the scheme will make better. And we find Elijah Mitchell, and we find Ryan Mustard, and we find Jeff Wilson, and we find every year has been a different running back. But look at what a first round overall potentially Hall of Famer career type guy does to an offense. It, it, that's why we've always cried for Jimmy. And we've always said, oh, we don't need him to be this. We don't need him to be that. But how good would it be if he was that good? You know, it, it's just the, this extra intangible. What Patrick Mahomes, what Justin Herbert, what Josh Allen does to, to a team is it just increases the chance of something good happening. Um, then the, if the play calling on top of that 
like you see with Mahomes and Andy Reid, is outwardly good. Then you get performances like what the Chiefs can do, where they can score 45 points in, in a half if they need to, because you combine the two. But when you don't have one of those, then you rely solely on one of those to work every time. And I think we've we bashed Kyle a lot and his scheme and his play calling, but I think he's been let down more than 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 we can actually count by a poor quarterback uh, play here and there. Um, the play was there and it just didn't happen, or it wasn't read properly, or it should have the ball wasn't thrown properly, or that you know the the guards missed his assignment and then you get blown up in the backfield, that kind of thing. So, it, yeah, Jimmy is who Jimmy is, uh, but imagine what our offense would be if we had a guy like Josh Allen. And and I think this is why we got we went and got Trey Lance. Um, there's a reason we did it. We just we think he might become some some like Josh Allen, and then the sky's the limit. Yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. Like no. you said, Jimmy played possibly the best game of his career against the Rams. Absolutely. If Kyle Shanahan can scheme that kind of game up for Jimmy. And yeah. like you said, there's always a knock on quarterbacks in this league, isn't it, Najee? Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any weapons at the moment. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo's got Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, yeah. CMC, Juice, Ray Ray McLeod had a yeah. decent game. You're, you're looking yeah. at all these things, the offensive line, I thought played really well against the Rams and the fact that Trent Williams has come back in there. Kittle seems back to his best as an extra offensive lineman, but the fact that he's actually been sprinkled in for some passing players, like you said, yeah. that touchdown wasn't all kettle. Jimmy put a bloody good throw to pass yeah, my friends in on, on yeah, that. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, the Jimmy throw to CMC, that CMC wasn't even, he was just a distraction, you said on the yeah. last show. Yeah, the fact that Jimmy stood in the pocket and he took that hit and he threw the ball out, yeah. it's fantastic. But I do think as 49er fans, we do need to see the offence step up. Like you yeah. said there, we've got one eye in January. I mean, we all chuckle. We went into Green Bay last year and actually the defence and special teams won us that game. But realistically, yeah. you can't go into the playoffs expecting your defence to win every single game unless you're the 2,000 Ravens. But you know yeah. what I mean, especially in the league as it is today. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's Because ultimately, this is where boats do and this is where we get... I, I think the run last year was a bit... Jimmy was playing absolutely horrible. His shoulder was gone. And I don't think he should have been on the field personally. But the, the Dallas game, we were running on the, on the ground. Debo won it. And then they botched it at the end. They should have won that game. The Packers game was kind of a frozen tundra kind of kind of thing. And we got lucky on the Hofanga, um, Hofanga touchdown. And then and then the game at the Rams, all we needed was a little bit of life on offense. We would have gone to the Super Bowl. And then God knows what happened when you get there, right? Um, but yeah, this is this is the goal. So like when you when you get to January, when when games are going to be margins are going to be very important. I, I think I, and I hope our, the, our offense can step up to that level. And again, see, I think CMC will be the key to it, uh, adding that extra reliable target and weapon. Because you know we got Ayuk, we got Debo, we got Kill. It's all fine and good, but. You still get. You need to get the ball to them before they can do anything with it. Uh, CMC, you just all you have to do is turn around and hand him the ball, and usually good things are going to happen, I, I think. And um, yeah, I'm looking so looking forward to it. Uh, same question again because uh, we've been talking for a while. Who do you think is going to be our most valuable player come to come January? You know, the first week of January when week 18 is in the books. Well, the. Offensive player of the first half of the season for me has been Brandon Ayuk so yeah, far. has um, to be, right? I'm smirking because Lee got very excitable, Nadji, that he got a bold prediction. And at the start of the season, <laughs> me and you both called for Brandon Ayuk to be the number one receiver. We based yeah. that on his chemistry with Trey Lance. But yeah, true. equally, me and you have been on the Ayuk hype train for quite a while now. And it's been nice to see. I mean, he's going to get better and better in my eyes. He's not yeah. the finished article yet, but... To end the season is going to be CMC. If he continues in that form, our offense is going to be CMC. And it's there on my name for, I know people can't see this because we're doing audio, but Najee's smiling because I haven't put my Twitter handle on my name. <laughs> my screen name is CMC, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to argue, unfortunately, though. And I, 
I, I'd love to be Brandon Ayuk because I think he deserves it. He's been working so hard. We remember last year the doghouse and he wasn't on the field for the first few weeks. And uh, the level he's playing right now is reliable, right? We just we, we can just throw him the ball. He's just going to catch it and score a touchdown. Or he, he's, he's been really, really good. He's really grown into the, I think, number one receiver because Debo is more of a versatile kind of guy. He's not just a receiver. He's not just a downfield threat. So I, uh, I'm going to say it, it'll be Brandon Ayuk because I think CMC will help Ayuk get open. Uh, easily by draw, as, as we just said, drawing attention. Um, let's move on. Uh, overall, before you move on, I was just going to say Brandon Ayuk is the number one receiver in the Kyle Shanahan offense because he does what Kyle wants. Yeah. He does the blocking well. He's yeah, a team absolutely. player, and, and a few people, Maggie, have said, "Oh, why isn't Danny Gray more involved?" Kyle's answered that question himself. It isn't just about catching the ball yep. as a receiver. And for some people who may be new to the sport, Maggie, you might be thinking, why is Paul saying that? You know better than most. You can't just rely on that, especially in Kyle's no. offense. He likes your receivers yep. to block. He likes Absolute, it to be part good, yeah. of the running game. And I think that's where Brandon Ayuk had that spell in the doghouse. And I just wanted to finish it off before we no, move on. Right. And I think Brandon Ayuk, I, I, I would be happy sat here at the end of the season with number six in the cabinet. And Brandon Ayuk being MVP because yeah. it would be awesome. It would be awesome, indeed. Um, so, the summer, how do you how do you feel so far about this season? Are you are you happy? Disappointed? Are you are you going to change team? Are you? What? <laughs> 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 where are we at? I'm faithful through and through. I've sat through with Jim Tom Sula two and fourteen season. <laughs> yeah. actually, so, um, I said this on the Tales from the Bay. So when Larry Kruger asked about a franchise coming over to the UK, I was like, I wouldn't change my team. And I know yeah. the majority of the 49 faithful UK will be the same. I mean, four and four, we're still in a, with a shout of winning the division. We're still in a shout of the playoffs. I've been surprised to see the Seahawks. And I don't know about you, but I am very nervous about that Thursday, the 15th of December game in Seattle. I've taken a Friday off work now because I have no <laughs> doubt the emotional roller coaster that night. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to something stupid in the last second again. Can I already yeah, see it? I don't know. I, um, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I think disappointed is definitely the word because I think especially the Bears and Broncos losses. Yeah. I, I can totally excuse the Falcons and the Chief loss. I don't have a problem with those as much as, as the other two. But I, in my mind, I think we should, we should was that, six and two because we should have beat the Bears. Oh, I can excuse the Bears. It was week one. It was weird. It was whatever. So we should at least be five and three. Um, at the very least to me. That Brokos is not really excusable. And I'm a little bit disappointed because, as you say, that, you know, week 17, whatever, it, I just have a feeling that game's going to bite us back in a way that's annoying. And if we had win it, uh, we would have been in a better situation to either clinch the division or clinch a playoff spot a week sooner, which you know how it is, right? Especially tail end of the season. We see right now how many injuries we have and how this bye week is going to help us massively because we're going to get Debo, we're going to get Kate or, or Healthy and Hampstead back and Elijah Mitchell back and all that kind of stuff. I'm just really disappointed about that one loss because it might have repercussions down in in the future that's no fun. Um, I'm not worried about the Seahawks. I've seen them play. Um, I, I think we'll sweep them. Uh, I am worried about the Cardinals. I think they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger, especially having D-Hop back now. Um, but we're three and zero in a division, and I, I think say, when that I was the bit I was going to jump in is the three and zero in a division. Actually, this time last yeah. year we weren't, so that's yeah, that's yeah it's awesome. massive. It's absolutely gigantic, and this is why I think if people are new to the to the NFL and how the scheduling works and how why why we talk so much about the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals is because those games are so, even if we finish with a losing record and we finish at the top of the division, we will be guaranteed the playoff spot. Um, and then from there, anything can happen. But I think being three and zero. Sweeping the Rams for the fourth year consecutively and then beating Seattle easily uh, at home in, in against a you know coaching staff that has been really good against us. I'm talking about the Seahawks. They have been winning what were they nineteen and one before this against us. Somebody, Russell Wilson was going out of his mind. Um i I think we'll win over there and, and we'll potentially end up four and two in a division. I don't think I, th I think we'll probably split 
splitting the Cardinals because we always have problems playing them. Um, but if we can finish five and one, four and two in a division, that's massive. So I'm a little bit disappointed because of the Broncos game. Um, but Especially I, I, because of the way the Broncos have played. I think at the start yeah. of the season, Nadji, we all bought in the Russell Wilson, the AFC yeah, West. Absolutely. The yeah. fact that they've been poor and the fact that they've traded away Bradley Chubb, which means we have to face yeah. him again when <laughs> yeah. El Presidente is over in the VIP section at Levi's. But uh, yeah. you've got to remember as well, for some people who are maybe a bit doom and gloom, is it, as long as we get into the playoffs, we proved that last year, Nadji, it doesn't matter whether we have to go on the road. Yeah. The, and to me, it's that's the goal. You've got to get to the playoffs because once you get there, anything can happen. It's one game. We saw it against the Packers. We've talked about it already. We saw it against, you know, it could be the Packers from the year before. It just, it, it's the playoff. Anything can happen. So all you have to do is win three games and you're in a big one. Um, so that's the goal. To me, that's the goal. It's not even... The Chiefs last yeah. year, actually, the Chiefs-Bengals. I mean, I remember watching that game and everything that could have gone wrong for Patrick Mahomes went wrong and the, and the Bengals Absolutely. won. And again, yeah. like you've said, that's the beauty of this sport. It's why we love it. It's why we watch yeah. it. The Falcons game was disappointing because it was the watch party. It was, We yeah. were all there. But like you said, the Falcons were well coached. But yeah, the Broncos was a disappointment. But yeah. I'm... I'm basically playing devil's advocate to quote you with the Seahawks game. We, I remember we beat them easily for the first time since I can remember, but it's just the fact that they, they've hung around. They've yeah, still yeah. Off with the yeah. division. You know, and I was booking my annual leave at work and I, I put that date on and Trace was like, why have you got that Friday off? And she saw Seattle and she was like, oh no. I mean, I'm hoping, Nadji, that it's it's an easy night, but it's just I think it will. I think schedule moving ahead, you know, like yeah. you said there, before we finish off, we've got like you know the Dolphins are coming, we've got the Buccaneers yeah. to play. Like yeah. you said, some big questions to be asked of both sides of the ball. Do you think yeah. we can answer them? Yeah, I think so. I think we're hitting the charges right on time. It's sometimes in a, in scheduling the NFL, you get a little lucky, we're playing the teams right at the right time when they got one of the best players injured, or they're just not. They're a bit enough. A bit of a funk, um, and I think that charging game had that pencil as a loss when I, when we first looked at it. But Keenan Allen's going to be out, and I think they they're really really struggling this year, especially on defense. And I'm not quite sure why because they've got a cracking defense, and Joe Staley is supposed to be this this uh, defensive genius. But yeah, I'm 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 quite I'm quite hopeful uh, against the Charger. I think the Bucks are so far anyway. I haven't figured it out. We can win that. We can win the Saints. They've not been very good, especially on their offense. We, you know, it, it's just a game of matchup at that point, isn't it? Their, their offense is bad. Our offense is very good. Is our offense can beat their defense? Absolutely. I think this is going to go our way. Miami is going to be interesting. I mean, chances are Chua is probably going to be injured again because that's what he does. Um, but it'll be definitely a, an interesting game that one. As I said, I think the two Cardinals games are going to be clutch. If we can, if we can win that, then it really doesn't matter too much what we do against these teams, especially in the back end. We got the Raiders, which I think are a winnable matchup. Um, and, uh, and that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. Commanders, so, Chris, Christmas Eve. Oh, the Commanders, yes, of course, Christmas Eve. I, oh, that's, that's you know, what way to. We need to win now. This kind of games where you play bad teams, you just you need to bury them. This is why the Broncos is annoying to me because they were a bad team at the time. Good teams beat bad teams. That's, yeah, you you, know. you do say that all the time. I must admit that I, that's something that's stuck in my head. When that's why the Broncos is the disappointing one. For yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the it's the best measuring stick. If you're a good team, you need to beat a bad team. If you're a mingling team against another mingling team, middle of the pack thing, anything can go. If you're a bad team, then all you can do is hope to win some games like the Texans and try to do and, and the Bears and all that kind of thing. But if you're a good team like the Chiefs or the Bills. Every time you play one of those lesser teams, you just stomp on them and you just don't make a debate. That's what, to me, shows a good team. So I think, you know, the the Chargers game, we, sh- we should win because they're not very good right now. Um, and hopefully they don't turn it around in, in two weeks' time. But, uh, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Should we do some some questions? I posted on, on the Facebook group. So uh, being a bye week, we'll do a bit of a mailbag. Apparently, that's what everybody does. <laughs> we, we're sticking up to the pros. And the Biderman and Mayoko and all those people are doing that. So we thought, we thought we'll do the same. Uh, so Wayne has asked us to talk more about uh, the game in terms of kind of try and teach it and try and 
say terms and stuff like that it's really hard for us we get caught up in the preview and uh, you know we're not professionals we don't have a scheduling team or a production team that can put out plays and talk about it so we'll try and do it when we can you know try and explain explain terms when they come up if you have a question i think the the best thing i can say is just either post it on the facebook on discord or just dm us people will more than more than be willing to uh, answer any kind of question you have or point you in the right direction if they don't know themselves um but yeah, don't hesitate to start asking questions on, on Facebook. That's what it's for. Created about to ask, what does uh, what does up the gut mean, or what does this mean? Just don't don't be afraid. It's going to be very hard for us to have uh, an encyclopedia of football whilst we're trying to talk about uh, Jimmy and <laughs> and how bad he is, because <laughs> that's what we meant. We do most of the time. Um, so yeah, uh, keep your eye for that. We'll try, you, you know, like we did for the safety against the Broncos. We talked about that because it was massive play, obviously. So we explained to it what it was, how it works and that kind of thing. So we'll, we'll try and do it. But if we don't, don't hesitate to keep asking. We, we will try and incorporate as much as we can or answer you directly and you can pass on the knowledge to uh, other people. I think we're pretty good as well, Nadji, at pointing people in the direction, like you said. I, I quote Brad Graham quite a lot. He's an ex-offensive lineman. He's yep. got a big social media presence. John Chapman, Wayne Breezy, Jason Aponte, Jordan Nelly, all these people that are fortunate enough to have the time to watch because I don't do other sport. And we yeah. point them in a the direction. And, and don't feel daft, Wayne. I say it all the time, I'm just a fan. And like I said, I've spent time with Nadji and Nadji's explained things to me. I'm still learning. There's still things. Oh, I'm still learning about. too. You know, I've, I've been watching this this game and playing it for over 15 years and I'm still learning things day in, day out when I'm watching tape and why things are happening. It's uh, That's the beauty of this sport. It's so deep in, in strategy and things you can talk about and do is uh, you'll never you'll never be an expert. I don't think there is no one that's fully 100% an expert in this sport and that's why it's so great um so should we go to Connor Ryan uh our, our, your buddy your watch party buddy <laughs> from oh, last T- week Teesside local go yeah Teesside local <laughs> um thanks for the question Connor uh standout player I think we've talked about that a little bit biggest underachiever this year who would that be for you Lee I've got a name Bob. if you want to if you want to if you want to think about it yeah, you go, I was going to say, because I've got one, but Lee might not be happy, but what's, what's yours? <laughs> oh, wait, I got, I got that wrong. Under Shiva, meaning the guy that's not playing as well as he should be. Um, no, yeah, it's Mike Lynch, uh, again, uh, you know, but I think his limitations are uh, who he was. Um, he's just, he, he had, the problem is uh, we know he's a good run blocker. And he knows he's not a good pass blocker. And yet, over the last five years that we've had him, he's not got better at it. Not really. And you'd think uh, he should have been able to, you know, look look inside himself, look on his tape, look at talk to his coaches, and work on that and get better at it. And it, it seemed to to have not happened so much. I would say, yeah, I would say him and uh, Kerry Hyder is a bit of a disappointment this year, especially when we when he went to Seattle. After the 2019 season, he was amazing. Um, he's not quite rose back to that level. So that'll be my two guys. Mine, Sammy Womack. Purely yeah. because Lee announced the pick, I went and watched the game tape and I was very happy. And he played really well in training camp, Nanji. All those he did. people that I've just referenced who were there. So it wasn't just a case of me wanting to believe this because he's the fighting NFL UK poster boy. Brad Graham was there every day. Jason Aponte was there. They were saying, wow, this kid looks really good. And and I'm, I'm picking hairs. I'm, and I know Lee's probably throwing things at the screen. I'm just, because of the <laughs> hype and the fact that there was a couple of Warmack jerseys bought in, I just... It's a shame he lost his starting job. I, no, I agree. It's a, it's a good name too. We, we would have all loved to see him keep that job and be the starting guy. And Because he's making plays. He's making plays on, on special teams. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. You're right. So thank you for the question, Connor. And Nadji, we actually watched our first game together at the weekend where the yeah. 49ers won. So we yeah. broke that hoodoo. <laughs> yeah, nice. So it's not your fault. That's good. That's yeah. good to know. <laughs> right. So we move on to uh, Neil. Neil Graham, thanks for the question. Uh, he says, compared to the 2019 Super Bowl roster, 
which position do you think are stronger this year and uh, which position group so is a little bit weaker this year let's start uh, who do you think is stronger this year i think we talked about it a little bit we touched upon it you may be on the same page i think our secondary is yeah. stronger than the 2019 super bowl yeah. run team because i think obviously if you look at who we had in the backfield and we've talked about mooney ward and we've talked about hufanga for me i would say that's definitely a stronger when you look at the two teams is that yeah. on there yeah, no, I agree. I think the fact well, we had Richard Sherman, I think Mooney is kind of a different level, skill level. They don't do things exactly the same. Different types of corner. And I think I've talked about corner bar style play a bit. And then these two guys are really on kind of two ends of the spectrum. But I think the playmaking ability and the shutdownness of Mooney Ward and the playmaking ability of Hufanga is, has, has risen the level a little bit higher. Uh, on the secondary, uh, I, I totally agree. I think I think we're much better on that front uh, this year. Uh, what about weaker? Um, I can go. Okay. Quarterback yeah, go room. First. Quarterback room, right? I think we're a lot a, a lot weaker in the quarterback. Uh, I think Jimmy isn't as good as he was in 2019. And I, if he was to get hurt, which he used to do quite a lot, and touch wood, it hasn't happened this year. Um, I think our backup, as much as I, I love the hashtag start Brock, uh, I think it would be a massive downgrade if we if we had to go to Brock Purdy at any point, and we would probably take a hit. I, I'm no doubt he could win us some game, but I think the the tight one where we'd need, especially if if, if he has to play in the playoff, and say we'd have to play the Eagles or something like that, I think that would be a a, a big problem. Uh, so that would that would say that's one of the weaker. Uh, because I think Mullins back then uh, or Bethard could have could have held his own a little bit, maybe, especially with the running game that we had. But yeah, I was I was leaning towards the quarterback and room, and you could argue the offensive line slightly, you know, with some of the issues like you said, McGinchy's yeah. probably not yeah. better than he was back then, and you know, Brendel at centre, and again, picking hairs when you look between the two. I mean. On paper, it would be a great match, wouldn't it be? The 2019 team yeah. versus the 2022 team. But again, I think you're right with the quarterback room. The fact that Mullins and Bethard were aware of the system, Kyle trusted them where Brock Purdy is mystery relevant for a reason. And I'm yep. not saying that to be down on the kid. You're right, Najee. If Jimmy goes down, then I think we all reevaluate our <laughs> expectations going yeah, forward. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if they brought somebody in if that happened. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah true. It's a great question, Neil. And it's one yeah. that I've definitely had to think about. Yeah, and I was tossing between QB and D-line. I think the D-line has taken a step down as well. I think, you know, back then, um, we were very, very strong on the D-line, and I don't think we're quite as good. And I'll be amiss to not mention them um, in, in a weaker side. But we could get better, I think, at this point right now. I think that the D-line, especially without Arik and and Javon Kinlow. So, uh, yeah, no, next and last question. Uh, Neil, Neil Jepson has sent us down. You can take one player on offense and one on defense from years gone uh, to add to the current roster. Who do you pick and why? Me, personally, I would yeah. go with Steve Young because okay. I'd love to see a quarterback of Steve's caliber, caliber yeah. in this offense. And obviously, you touched upon Trey Lance earlier. And I'm not saying Trey is going to be Steve Young. It'd be amazing if it could be half the player, but yeah. that would be the one I would take. A few people would argue Joe Montana, but I just think Steve Young in, in this, this current NFL and this offense yeah. with the mobile quarterback. So that would be my answer to that one, Nadji. What about you? I, on offense, I don't know. I think I would go somebody like T.O. Um, I think Terrell Owens would add so much to our offense. Some like big body, uh, downfield threat. Like old school kind of wide receiver, they just chuck the ball anywhere, just catch it. Um, I think somebody like that, obviously Jerry Rice is the obvious answer because he was amazing. But I think having somebody like Tio, uh, it kind of fits the mold as well. We do kind of gritty and you know yucky kind of like big body guy that used to bully people on the line and that kind of thing. I think that would be really nice to see him. I don't think he'd fit quite the culture that we have these days. Uh, he was kind of a character back then, and that's not what we do. Um, but yeah, that would be that would be quite nice to see on offense. Uh, what about defense? Who, who do you got? I was going to ask you because I've got an interesting name, so okay. I want to know whether you've got the same. So, who would your defensive player of the past be? In this, I was I was going to go I was going to go either either Brian Young or Justin Smith, uh, just because I think we've been missing this big D line, and I think that's what Armstead is. 
but I think one of those two guys could just, you remember the Smith brothers, uh, I think having Justin Smith and Nick Bosa uh, on on the D-line would be absolutely incredible. The things they could do with Armstead, with Omenu and Ebukam, uh, or Brian Young, I think any uh, both of those guys would be, uh, it would just unlock completely what we're doing. We will have no weaknesses at all on our on our defense. So, who is the guy that we traded to the Cowboys, and it came out years later that he had some issues? Um, Alden it, Smith. No, was it Charles? I want to. I'm ninety four ish team. I'm people listening. I'm obviously I joined twenty twelve. <laughs> I watched the documentary about, um, and he won. Four rings with us, and then he went and won a ring with the Cowboys. Oh, you put me on the spot now. I'm, I'm gonna, him. I'm gonna pass it on. If people, people tell us and tell us how it bad was, Niners fan we are. Pretty much in, like in an edge rush. He was pretty much like an edge rusher, someone that opposite Nick Bosa, right. and he was a game changer. And when I went back and rewatched my history, and I've watched, you know, the, the Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, like you said. So I want to say his first name was Charles, but I might be wrong. And I know some people are probably cringing that I've got one of the greatest ever players. <laughs> yeah, and no, I can't um, think of it. But the other one I was torn about was Ronnie Lott. Yeah. Um, and that's basically a shout to Ian Mountford, who I believe Ronnie's one of his best players ever, who played for the 49ers. And I think adding that in there, could have got rid of Jimmy Ward, put Ronnie Lott in there. Najee, what do you reckon? He's got a decent skill set. To... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would uh, that would definitely, definitely work pretty well, I think. Uh, I, I think it would fit the, the mould as well, what we do on, on defence. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. It was Charles Haley. Haley, right, yeah, of course. So, basically, I watched the America's Game of 94, and then I was um, when I was laid up with my Achilles, I've read the Steve Young autobiography, the Bill Walsh, and they talked a lot about this player and the fact that they wanted to keep him around, but he went over to Dallas and he I just a wrecking ball opposite Nick Bosa. So it's maybe it's a different answer to the question that no, it's good. It's a good answer. But I was trying to tip a nod to the fact that I have gone back and watched my history. Um and obviously I was only fourteen at the time when that happened and I just think it was a great question from Neil Jepson because I would love to know, Najee, people's thoughts. So when the pod drops, yeah, yeah. if people could put in the comments there. Absolutely, too, yeah. And I think that would be quite a good, especially with bye week and it's going to be a bit of a quite a week for us on the definitely, content creation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. We're going to let us know what you think, if we're wrong, if we're right, if you agree, if you disagree. Don't, you know, don't be afraid to... Uh, to tell us all about it, tell us who your favorite players are at the moment, where you see us go, the record and everything. Just uh, let's talk. Let's talk Niners and do this in the comments. That'd be great. Well, thanks, Paul, for joining me on this bye week. Um, hopefully, we, as I said, we can get Lee back uh, healthy after the bye, and uh, hopefully, we can sign Gareth to a new contract. Uh, we'll see. He's been a bit of a diva, so we'll we'll see about that. <laughs> but yeah, thanks everyone to listen. Every, everybody that downloads the podcast. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe, you can comment wherever you get this, Apple, Podbean, and all the platforms. Check out our YouTube channels and uh, check out all of our social, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, don't forget our new Discord where we uh, where we have the game day threads as well as Facebook nowadays. Uh, check out all that. If you're not on any of those, uh, just ask around wherever you are and we'll uh, point you in the right direction. But yeah, until next time. Go Niners. Bang, bang, Niner gang. San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff far going 99. Don't get it twisted, one it all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick with all students. And Bill Walsh, don't ever.